Hello and welcome to the first ever Oodcast Listener Interactive Monster Encounter trademark. Please prepare to play along at home. Your first monster encounter will be the Clockwork Droids. Commence holding your breath in three, two, one. That's as long as I can hold it. Ah! Oh, fire just seen all track! <sighs> it's no good. No! Not that! Oh, I need that for being alive! No. Crikey, not my face skin! <laughs> I win! Congratulations! You have survived the first ever Oodcast Listener Interactive Monster Encounter. You may resume breathing now. Just kidding! You are currently being disemboweled. Better luck next time, Billy No Organs. Hello, welcome to the Oodcast. I've been told this is like episode three of series six, something like that of our series but anyway welcome we are back and we are happy to be back and we are back um yeah that we are <laughs> we're in, back in the room with me um i don't know which order to do this in so i will just say um Loz is here i am look here i am in real life or not really if you're listening then i'm just a voice floating in the ether but here i am <laughs> And another voice floating in the ether, but very much next to me on a sofa, Ooh, is Andy. It's Andy. Hello, everybody. I'm here, too. So we're, we're, we're almost all here. One of us is sort of slightly less not slightly less here than... One of us is in Texas, y'all. I'm sorry oh. to any Texans who are listening. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, started to mean to go on, offend everybody. Yep. Let nobody off. Brilliant. Um, so we're, we're all in a room because of... 
something that happened on Saturday night. I know. Which was very exciting. It the was pretty awesome, wasn't back. it? Yeah, he did. And um, in such a manner, the likes of which has only been seen in the classic series. Oh, could you elaborate upon that point of view? He was old. <laughs> I think I think they elaborated on that quite a lot. <laughs> I don't think I noticed that the dinosaur was a good old classic series. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you know if they could have fitted in some anti-macassars and a few you know tea cakes on a doily and some carpet slippers they probably would have they were really <laughs> jamming in the oh old now references weren't they what do we think of peter capaldi do we think he pulled it off do we yeah, think big time we're convinced by him now he's one of my favorite actors because he has so much nuance as laura's father said to me as i arrived this evening but he he does have this incredible ability to inhabit a role um, which made me so excited about his casting. And boy, did he pull it off. I think he's frightening. Lee Good. <laughs> no, he is quite frightening. Like his face, his face is brilliantly expressive. I think it's going to be quite interesting to, to mm. watch him. I'm, I'm, I think his physicality is quite brittle in a sort of watch out. He's going to fall over and hurt himself. And th- there were parts of that that I think were limiting. For example, um, the Jackie Chan falling down a tree type stunt, which was quite obviously not him. And I hope they don't r- lean too heavily on that because really it's enough to just, well, hear his interpretation mm. of the words and, and watch his awesomely expressive wrinkle face doing it yeah well, but i would think that a, a fair bit of the old physicality stuff um is because he just regenerated and was all over the place yeah i, I was gonna, gonna yeah. i was gonna say that actually i, I think it's quite nice because he, he feels like he seems like somebody who feels like he can still do all the stuff he's been doing for the last well however many years it's been nine years now since he came back, I mean, all of this, all of the running around, all of the jumping out of windows. But he's actually got the body of an older man, and uh, doesn't quite realise his limitations yet. I quite like that, and I think he is actually quite frightening. So that's our sort of first reaction to Peter Capaldi. Uh, over in Texas, uh, Chris Sigma was getting a, well was putting down his thoughts before the episode, I think. So let's uh, hear what he thought. Hi everyone, it is Sigma here coming to you from the US of A um, and I'm about half an hour away from watching Deep Breath at the midnight showing um, so I thought I would quickly say something before I see it just to let you know how I'm feeling about the whole thing Firstly, apologies for the awful sound quality I'm having to use an iPhone Ugh. Um, So that's why I sound crackly and echoey um, and also it sort of seems like I'm far away which indeed I am far away from my love And um, so that's a bit sad, but um, have managed to still see Doctor Who's premiere, which is very exciting indeed. So what am I thinking? I'm thinking Peter Capaldi is going to be incredible. I think he's going to be such a brilliant Doctor and such uh, a boon for the programme. I cannot wait to see him. The tiny clips I've seen of him so far have been hilarious. He seems to be pitch perfect straight away as far as I can see Uh, so I have huge hopes I also have high hopes for Stephen Moffat being able to write a grumpy Scott really well Um, and I think every time we get a new Doctor there's a new lease of life and even if the behind the scenes team doesn't change because so much has changed on screen you sort of see a new energy so I'm really hoping to see that too 
Um, not that I didn't like the last series, but I'm very, very excited about this one. Um, it's really special. Uh, I've been away for, for a long time, and uh, seeing a Doctor Who has <laughs> it just makes me feel a bit more like... It's a little bit of... It's a slice of home, and it's like... A, it's been a security blanket for me my whole life, so it's really great to be seeing this episode uh, in this massive American cinema. I have Chicago Blend popcorn, which is half cheese and half caramel, and it is incredible. It's like a crazy party in your mouth, like you've invited two people that probably shouldn't get along, but they get along famously, and it's the start of a new friendship. Cheese and caramel, you should try it. Really good. Uh, So there we go. Uh, I think that's all I've got to say about... 25 minutes to go now. Have a great episode, everyone. Um, and see you later on. Bye. I was very confused. Why? At any particular point? Well, I think mostly in the first five minutes was when I was the most confused. Um, and it wasn't really until the second time that I watched it that I felt, felt like I really got a handle mm. on where Moffat was trying to go, on the interplay between the characters. Before that, it was just, there was so much data and mm. emotion coming at you so quickly that I think it was a bit overwhelming. I th- I th- was similarly confused, but that was partly because I couldn't understand a blind word he was saying for the first few minutes. Uh, although I probably should uh, own up at the moment to have been half asleep <laughs> through, through a lot of it, owing to having been camping at a festival until the afternoon I saw it on Tuesday. But you're not alone in that. A lot of people did say there was mumbling and they didn't get it mm. and they would have to go back and watch it again. I didn't find that. I find Capaldi, Peter Capaldi's got a fascinating voice and I wonder if perhaps his Scottish accent is something that people have to overcome. It wasn't the whole thing. For me, it was the the bit on the beach at the beginning. Um, and the same thing in the bedroom scene to a certain extent. There was a lot of sort of yelling and flappery, mm. but... Uh, I've got to say, once they relaxed that conceit a little bit and got down to proper discussions, I enjoyed it a lot more. Didn't enjoy the the classic trope of, oh, look, he scribbled stuff all over the walls. He must be a mad genius. Because it's never really explained what that is, unless it's just sort of like post-regenerative processes venting off somewhere. Mm, It might be, but there's a chalkboard in the TARDIS now, isn't there? That's covered in equations as well. Yeah. I did wonder if it was his calculations for getting the dinosaur back home. We're never going to know how he would have done that now. I'm slightly disappointed. But then, to me, I was a bit lost on why we had a dinosaur in the first place. I know it's quite cool. It looked pretty good. but I think you may have hit the nail on the head there. It's quite cool and looked pretty good. I mean, can you think of a better thing than having a dinosaur wandering past the Houses of Parliament. I mean, can you think how awesome it would be if that actually happened? Extremely. Mm. Yeah. I'm very That's keen. True. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, let, let's, Especially let's if that. Nigel Farage was there. <laughs> oh, if, if Nigel Farage was vomited up by a dinosaur, I would be quite happy. So, Doctor, what does she say? In English? Well, I suppose she's saying that she faces an existential problem, the like of which she's never seen before, and that it'll take a while to process with all her phenomenally small brain. You got all of that from the one sound? 
Y yeah, well, no, it, it's not a literal translation. What would that be? Roar. It's in the tone, really. What would this mean? Roar! How dare you? Wash your mouth out. I didn't um, like all that gunk on the TARDIS at all. Well, uh, <laughs> it came off. <laughs> I don't know, it's strangely compelling. I wonder oh, if you could use it as like a face cream. Are dinosaurs that big? <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not that big. Do it you was... think that in swallowing the TARDIS somehow it got bigger? But then again, how would it have swallowed the TARDIS in the first place? Just like when you're walking along and you swallow a fly. Ah, uh, uh, maybe the TARDIS was miniaturised, and then when the dinosaur was caught up in the space-time vortex thing and me doodah, um, the, the the sizes sort of got confused. Or maybe it's a species of dinosaur we'd previously unaware of, a really big one. Well, the largest species of dinosaur, I believe, was found in South America, and they are larger than a T-Rex, which I think was what that right. one was supposed to be, there but they're are, then. not that large i think it's a dinosaur species we've not discovered yet are you suggesting that you know there's that fabulous incredible journey thing where people get put in a tiny little submarine and they have to battle yeah. earwax and other things mm. are you suggesting like the doctor was trying something like that mm. yeah <laughs> journey to the center of the t-rex yeah lovely here's a small part of detail that i really liked was uh very much a character note on the doctor that when the dinosaur is burnt and dies he says no the question we should be asking is have there been any other murders like this he calls it a murder yeah, yeah. i know it's such that. a beautifully doctor moment isn't it he his care for any kind of species 12 promises the doctor didn't keep one i'm just borrowing it <laughs> i promise i'll bring it back Give me that recorder. I promise you I'll play every day until I get really, really good at it. Three. Venusian Akaido is a real combat system. It's not just me doing a bunch of karate chops, I promise. Four. I need you to knit me a scarf. I promise it won't take very long. <laughs> Of course, Adric. I promise I'll teach you how to drive a spaceship one day. Six. Sorry for strangling you, Perry. I promise we'll never fight again. Seven. Okay, perhaps all these question marks are a bit much. I promise I'll change my jumper tomorrow. Eight. I promise you, I'm half human. Nine. I promise this is going to be the last time I'm going to see it, but this is fantastic. Ten. I'll never leave you. Eleven. Just wait there, Amelia Pond. I promise I'll be back in a second. You won't even know I'm gone.
gonna worry, Lady Dinosaur. I promise no one's gonna hurt you. I think murder's going to be a real theme in the coming series, don't you? With what with um, did he or didn't he murder the I droid? I know. Oh. And the see, we're left at the end of the episode with the question hanging because Missy says, oh, yes, "So did you? Did were you pushed or did you jump?" And he refuses to answer. So we really don't know. Yeah, I think that's going to become significant later on. But I do love the idea that this doctor might have done it. That's a whole new. Mm kind of worms for the doctor's character isn't well, it well but it, it is it a trend do you think because uh, david tennant effectively murdered someone did the same thing uh, a creature an alien yeah. in his well, first we episode say the 10th doctor not david sorry tennant. yes well, well no david tennant david tennant's a lovely man <laughs> yeah the 10th doctor effectively murdered a sycorax in his first i guess although it wasn't well, self-defense yes it was because he was charging him wasn't he with a massive yeah. pointy sword a sword yes I, either way actually um, this doctor gave him a well, gave him fair warning of what he was intending to do. So and I'm going to have risky. to kill you, which mm. that's a bit chilling to me. A, a doctor that says explicitly, mm. "I'm going to have to kill you. There is no other way to do this." Mm-hmm. That's a bit frightening. And his sense of resignation when he says it is, "I am yeah. afraid I'm going to have to kill you. I've got a nasty feeling I'm going to have to kill you." Mm-hmm. Well, I've, maybe that's because it was more like euthanasia by that point. I mean, he could see that this was a half soul in extreme mm. amounts of torment because it would never fulfil its mission. Mm. Yeah. Really, really great acting by the droid. And yeah. fantastic special effects yeah. as well with the with the maquette that they made up of the um, clockwork that you could see through the side. And yeah. I just thought it was brilliant how they got it to blink and everything. Really I creepy. read somewhere that his face was animatronic. I don't know if that's true. If it is, that's astonishing. When he's sitting in the chair... And you get a good look at the side. That is an animatronic face. The yeah. rest of the time it was, um, and th- and that was taken from a cast of the actor. But the rest uh, of the time it's CGI with tape over the other half of his face. I I think that, you know, the Diddy didn't he and the overarching bad guy who we seem to be getting, like the enigmatic and weird Missy Mm. all seems to be speaking to this is going to be really dark there's going to be all sorts of elements of this doctor that we don't necessarily like Mm. the point where he allows Clara to be trapped in the room Mm -hmm. yeah well to be fair I felt that that was the doctor's only option at that point he couldn't get back into the room so he has to go and find another means of rescuing her and i thought well fair play except he didn't say to her it's all right i'll be back he just goes yeah yeah and actually the bit where she finds where she realizes she has to hold her breath and leave you know to leave the room that bit where she then passes out and is captured that is one of the scariest things i've seen in doctor who for a while and that was particularly well done, I think. And it was really... That that had shivers going down my spine and like mm. hair standing up and on my arms. On, on the just... subject of extremely well done things, I love the visual metaphor um, that comes in with the, the scripted metaphor of the robot continuously replacing himself like you replace the 
portions of a broom. Uh, the idea yeah. that this <clears throat> um, robot is uh, remaking itself, and so there's nothing left of the original robot. And then the look on the doctor's face when he holds the tray up to the yeah. robot and says, look at yourself in the mirror. And the doctor sees himself reflected on the other side. And says, oh, yeah, and I've just described myself. Yeah, exactly. haven't I? <laughs> that I thought deep it was particularly in it. clever. Harking back to the idea of a darker season and also the amount of emphasis that was put on, hey, this is a different kind of doctor here. This is a doctor who doesn't need to be young to seek approval. Mm. This is a doctor who doesn't really care if people like him. He seems mm. to show quite a lot of contempt for the human race in general, you know, the the planet of the pudding mm. heads. Yes. And I thought that's quite interesting. Is that going to be an example of, you know, this is a show which doesn't really care if people like it either? Um. Well, do you mean that it's being written in a way that it doesn't care if the viewers like the character? Yes. Yeah. Like, here is a character which... Let's face it, towards the end of the past few series, we've had a sort of an, a bit of an analogue of a god or a Jesus and somebody who everybody's got to love and respect and admire. And nice young men. And lovely young men, not necessarily doing sport. but <laughs> it could be sport. It could be sport. Ooh. And at this point, I think we've got to give a shout out to some of the funniest lines in the episode coming from darling Mr. Potato Head himself. Ah, Miss Jenny, this is where you are concealed. Yes, Strax, on a roof at midday. I told you to wait at the bottom of the ladder whilst I fix those tiles. I do not acknowledge requests which conflict with the Sontaran Code of Honour. We discussed this. You aren't good with heights. It is a minor failing, one which I shall correct. Stand back. I'm not going to stand back. We're on a roof. If you will not, then I will. Join you in moments, boy. <laughs> Brilliant there. Um, but yes, here's an example of a character that is properly prickly. Yeah, but at the same time, I think he's written in a way that the audience can enjoy. Um, um, trying to think of specifics now, but in the restaurant where he's having a go at Clara's egomania. Yeah. There's plenty of humour in that scene. And yeah, you're right. I, and, think, and I, I don't think it's quite as as simple as this is a dislikable character. Mm. I think this is a character whose dislikable elements are maybe more obvious and everything else is an undercurrent. Yeah. And in this particular episode, he's kind of given a reason at the end as well in, in that whole... He's just terrified. He's more scared than you are because mm -hmm. he doesn't know who he is. And so, yeah, I think that explains it to an extent, but I don't mind. It'd be interesting to see how it does pan out. Um, I mean, certainly in this episode, he is terrified and alone. And Loz, you pointed out on the first viewing, I think, that we think he's translating the dinosaur where he's in bed and he's saying, I'm all alone. Mm -hmm. The ground used to shake before my feet. But Loz was like, actually, oh, no, he wasn't. He was describing himself and how he felt. Yeah. Or at least that's, yeah, that's that was my take on it. 
I think the other thing about this is here is a doctor who very, very quickly is shown to be fallible and mm. somebody who's capable of making a lot of bad mistakes and promising things that he can't deliver. Yeah, that's very true. And I I quite like that as an, you know, an honesty ploy. It sort of feels as if it's a statement being made that we've gone a, too far down the whole lonely, angry God route. And slowly we've been moving back, but now we're moving back at a leap rather than small yeah. increments. I um, love the idea that now we can get to know him. Now he's stripped off the mask and he's admitting to that he he's admitting he was wearing a mask and that he he fancied um, his companions. Yeah. But she says, oh, I didn't think you were my boyfriend. I was, well, actually, uh, that wasn't your mistake. It was mine. He's basically saying, I don't know who I am. You do know who I am. Help me, you know, find myself, basically. He's giving Clara a chance to help shape him, I think, which I, I think is a, an incredibly trusting thing to do. Um, and for someone who's so crotchety, and uh, so fallible, it's quite a wise thing to do, I think. Mm. I enjoyed the uh, the pace of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not often in Doctor Who, uh, since the classic hero, that we've been given a chance to see um, characters breathe and live a little, you know, because 45 minutes is a terribly short time to, to tell a story. But it was nice how this episode being, what, an hour and 20 minutes, we were able to see the doctor um struggling to to regain his sense of balance and then we got a sense of mystery we were introduced to the the nasty naughty robot man and then there was some shenanigans and i like how naughty instead of you know rabid serial killer is yeah yeah. Um, I d- I've got to say I completely disagree with you. I think oh. the pacing of the episode was right off. For me, it felt like being in a car driven by a learner, like proper kangaroo <laughs> petrol, jerking forward, stopping. But, what is going on? Are we going to crash? What's happening? And I think that they didn't really make full use of that time that they had to to properly slow down and have some mm. moments of calm and contemplation between mm. all of the craziness. I'm somewhere in between you. Uh, I, I think they slowed the pace down and I think that was good. I think yeah. that was a good choice because it allowed them to do set up with the doctor being there and being um, and being flaky and unsure and and without having to rely on companions to set the whole thing up. Although you couldn't really get much better companions than the Paternoster gang, could you? No, yeah. not really. I mean, how <laughs> how many people here would like to see a bit of a spin-off? Yes, please. Yep. Okay, yeah, I could go yeah, for that. Okay, yeah. I could go Adorable. for that. Adorable. <laughs> so let's talk really quickly about the um, the title sequence, which was a bit controversial, wasn't it? I think fair play to the chap who designed it. It's interesting because I saw it on well, YouTube about three or four months back and thought, oh, that's rather well done. Well, I think that's kind of my... The, the first half looks like it's a fan thing, which it, it, it's just a bit obvious to me. It's sort of... It's recognisable shapes and figures. Mm. Um... But, you know, it, it's not going to stop me enjoying the programme. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I really, I really like the clockwork motifs. I mean, I'm, I've always been a bit of a fan of steampunk and I, I really enjoyed that. And then the unwinding spiral mm-hmm. faces of the clock. I do enjoy that bit brilliant. in particular. The theme tune. 
Oh my goodness. I know what. It was like it was being played through a Casio keyboard yeah. with a fault stuck on, I don't know, bagpipes. I am firmly <laughs> of the opinion, as a child of the 1970s, um, now I don't know if this sounds um, right or wrong to you guys because you're younger than me, but mm. uh, you know whether this is coming from the same direction as the Doctor's costume should always have a very long scarf. Uh, I don't believe that anymore, but I used to when I was eight. Um, <laughs> I am very firmly of the opinion that the theme music should always include the Delia Derbyshire dum-de-dums and the Delia Derbyshire ooey-oos. Mm. I just think that that, you know, why change something that's so perfect? Yeah, I don't understand why they need to redo it every season. I've heard tell that the reason that they did change it and change it to something that was a bit manky was because they wanted people to have that, not that bombastic, yay, here comes the doctor, but ooh, here comes the doctor. Yeah, the melody was too shrill and there wasn't enough bass in it. Mm. It just sounded, it sounded like I was listening to it on a tin can. The um, Oodcast, fans of bass. <laughs> Absolutely. You can come and drop it over here. Um, and the, let's let's also take a moment to salute what turned out to, you know, it wasn't his final performance at Christmas. Here we had mm. a really, really nice bit from Matt Smith. I like that. You say salute. That was the one moment in the episode where I thought, really? Oh, that, come on. That was your Tom Baker bit, was but, it? Well, a little bit. Because to me, it spoils the whole introducing... Capaldi it's sort of we have a new doctor let's go with the doctor mm. oh no let's kind of assuage all the people who you know aren't sure let's patronize Clara's character by assuming you know by not letting her adjust until she hears her you know her ex-boyfriend's voice as it were it's sort of I it irritated me a bit not enough to make me dislike it entirely and not enough to spoil my enjoyment of the episode but it grated slightly I can see both sides I can see why the moth did it um, I can see why some people think it's unnecessary. I do think there's a lot of viewers out there who are like, who is this older man, this older scary man? The Doctor should be young, dashing and quirky. Mm. Um, but I think the thing with it is that it was so beautifully done and didn't um, take away from Peter Capaldi's performance at all. I, I think it worked beautifully. It, it did take away for me because actually by that I was sort of I was properly thinking this is good he's great and then oh my goodness I really miss Matt Smith hello Christmas pizza George speaking how can I help you hi there this is the doctor I'm going to die this evening so I want to order a pizza for delivery to the old blue box in the square in about an hour's time. Pepperoni please, extra cheese. Of course, uh, are you okay? No, I'm dying. Please make sure the pizza isn't late. Ah, here it is. Well done. Um, I'm I'm not sure I understand. Where's my garlic bread? I always order garlic bread. Well, not this time, sir. Currently, you've only requested a pepperoni pizza with extra cheese. Would you like me to add it to your order? Yes, please. Here it is. Anything else I can help you with? One more thing. Someone wants to speak to you. Hang on. Hi, George. This is you speaking. Don't take the main high street. There's going to be a giant spaceship crash and the traffic's awful. Go the long way round past the post office. Okay, I will. 
Thanks for calling Christmas Pizza. Your custom is important to us. But what about the brilliant opportunity that you had right at the start, because let's face it, it's not going to happen for a while again, to have the Doctor interacting with one of his previous incarnations? Mm. I thought that that interplay between Capaldi's Doctor, are we going to call him 12? I think so. We'll call him 12. 12 knows that he's made this phone call. He knows it's him on the line and exactly what it was that he said. And Yeah, because he goes, yeah. oh, you better get that. I bet it's your boyfriend. And it's just another way of testing testing the water with Clara, isn't it? Finding out sort of, is she going to stay or go? And I didn't, I didn't think it was cheap. I thought it, you know, it was necessary to, again, try and bring people around to the idea of an older doctor. But I think that it was done in a way that did allow for some creative thought. And that phone call showed a lovely bit of Moffat writing with its timey-wimeyness, but also the whole idea of actually what would it be like to be a companion of the Doctor and to see him suddenly changed into a personality that is so different, being so shaken by the change and being reassured by the man she thought she'd lost. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So that's what we thought about it. But what did... The Texan Ood, which I will call him now until he's back, uh, make of it. Great. Well, it's now been a few days since uh, I've watched Deep Breath. uh, And so I just wanted to say very quickly what I thought of it. I thought Peter Capaldi was as good as I'd hoped he would be. Uh, I thought he was incredible. I really like what they're trying to do with him, uh, succeeding to do with him in it seems to me very much like a sixth doctor done right uh, he starts off abrasive all angles and sharp corners uh, and i think we'll see this doctor go on quite a journey uh, during the time uh, that he's with us but even now i i think he's so charming and so interesting uh, so intense and uh, and fun that I don't mind if he stays spiky for a while. I don't really mind if he stays spiky for the rest of the time he's with us. Uh, so, yeah, Peter Capaldi, two thumbs way, way up. Uh, the episode itself, I think, I mean, I enjoyed it hugely. Uh, I think a lot of that was to do with sort of exciting how long it's been away and seeing it in a big cinema and stuff. Uh, you know, I really, really loved it. Uh, I've since had a chance to see it a second time and... Uh, some of its weaknesses were more apparent but I don't think those weaknesses overwhelm its strengths the stuff I liked I always enjoy Stephen Moffat's dialogue Uh, I think it was very very strong here particularly in two scenes the veil scene and the scene in the restaurant Uh, and I also think the scene in the restaurant showcases a really interesting companion dynamic that I really hope will continue throughout the series Uh, I think Clara is, is a great character now I do take it on board the comments that perhaps she was more of a plot device in the previous seasons. Uh, But in this one, wow, I think she's a very interesting character. She's proud. She's, um, she knows the Doctor. She, she doesn't just take the regeneration in her stride. Uh, It affects her. And I think that's all really interesting. She's sort of angry at him. It's a really interesting dynamic. Um, So yeah, thought that was amazing um thought the effects were jaw-dropping uh the mechanical droid guy was uh, mr half a face 
I thought was really, really well realised. Um, this was a regeneration story. Some of it was incredible, some of it was a little bit ropey, but boy does it make me want to see more. Cool. Okay, I'll hand it back now. See you soon. Bye. Before we say goodbye, uh, here is the haiku for Deep Breath. Deep Breath. Clockwork Meze burns while a new broom finds his feet. She's buying the drinks. Oh, as ever. Well done, Chris. Beautiful. You're like a little flower. I think that's probably about as much as we can manage this week. Get getting the old rusty gears working again. Oh, a bit like the title sequence. Ho hey. ho ho ho! So that's us for this week. We will see you again next week. Oh, I haven't said that for a while, but uh, we will. So until then, um, goodbye from me, Chris Alpha. Goodbye from me, Andy. Goodbye from me, Laura. Toodaloo, everyone. Wow, this restaurant looks lovely, James. Is it one of those trendy pop-ups I keep reading about? Mancini's? No, this place has been here for ages. In point of fact, we predate London by several millennia. Welcome, valued customers. My name is... Kevin. And I will be your waiter for the evening. Commencing by a scan of organic assets. Ooh, I love organic food. Don't you, Mary? Of course. I'm eating strict paleo at the moment, actually. Kevin, could we have a jug of water for the table? Scan complete. Your bodies are 70% water. I guess that's a no, then. Shh, Mary, don't embarrass us. What are the specials today, please, Kevin? The kidneys and the liver are both usable. Not a ringing endorsement. And there are some spare ribs. Ah, now we're talking. Also lungs. And a spinal column. Brilliant. I adore fusion cooking. Two of the lungs, please, Kevin. As you wish, meat bag. Well, that was rude. Someone's not getting a tip. You may be a little stilted, but you can't fault the service. This place runs like clockwork. And they did give me this lovely beige birthday balloon. I mean, it's always so full in here. They must be doing something right. Excuse me for a minute. I'm just going to go find the toilet. Hmm. Perhaps I'll wait a few minutes. It seems like everyone else has had the same idea. Apparently, there's a secret VIP section in the basement, which is simply to die for. Look, James, our table's moving. Does that mean we've been selected for the full VIP treatment? Us? <laughs> Wouldn't hold your breath. Yeah, yeah. This one is for the boy who regenerated. Came back brand new, looking slightly dated. When he up and drew the law, he'd be blazing up. Then a lady dinosaur tried to throw him up. And he old, he cold, he uncontrolled. He jumped out the window when he really very bold. He strange, he changed, he quite deranged. Be trying to get sexy like a mountain range. He'd be saying left, left, then he'd turn him right. right. Jump into the tent. What a crazy night. night. That's the kind of lord we were looking for. Not a pretty boy like we had before. He said, Excuse me, do you know this face? I'm completely sure I've seen it in another place. I mean, my eyebrows are ready to attack. Better not be correlated to that crack. 
Somebody please tell him of the F.E.B. You are the doctor, you smack the bots up Back to base and pick the troops up your heart beats pumping away Like a double drop and it's coming your way Oh, he's got a new, 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 new face He's got a brand new face New, 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 new face A really wrinkly face With a look that says he's hardest Could roll with the crew, he could solo But I think it would be better if he don't though And I think I like him better when he's looking in a bin Smelly old tramp, very scared of him He just gotta give him that look When you give him that look, then the coat is coming off, off Excuse me, you're a hell of a guy You know I shouldn't be surprised that I like Scottish guys Oh, sigh, frightening eyes I can tell that you've got so many demons to hide Who, who am I, who is he? Somebody please tell him the F.E.B. You are the doctor, you smack them bots up Back to base and pick oh, the troops up a hard Away. Like a double drum man is coming away. Oh, he's got a new, 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 new face. Got a brand new face. A new, 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 new face. A really wrinkly face. So, 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 I hope you'll stay No, 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 don't go away Can't you feel those heartbeats running away? Don't you hear those heartbeats running away? When you see that new, no, 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 no face Angry, wrinkly, no, 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 Oh, you've got your heartbeats pumping away One promise the Doctor did keep. Never cruel or cowardly. Never give up. Never give in. 